25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. All right, let's do it. Another day, another show, and a long way to go with you here on this Wednesday in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. That's what you get. Have you ever stolen signs in a baseball game? Be honest. I mean, you can own up to it if you'd like. You can call me and tell me. You could text the show and let me know. Feel free. I'm going to tell you later in the show if I've ever done it. Stolen signs in a baseball game. You know what I'm talking about. You steal the signs of the opposing team, and it helps you to play better. Maybe you know what pitch is coming. Maybe you know if they're stealing or not. <laughs> you know, maybe you figure them out if they're going to hit and run or not, or swing away or take a pitch. I don't know. Have you ever done it? Because, man, the whole Major League Baseball world has melted down over this thing with the Astros. We're firing people who were on the team two years ago who are not even in Houston anymore. (laughs) All right? So I'm just one, like, I get it. It's cheating. The Astros were big, fat, lying, dirty cheaters when they won the World Series a couple years ago. I get it. I'm just saying it was a while back, number one, and number two, Find me a baseball player who will tell you that they never stole signals from the opposing team. I want to hear it. All Isn't it different that if coming you don't up. Use tech? Say again? If you're not using like the replay camera and, re- and forwarding it to somebody's Apple Watch, that's a little different, don't you think? Cameras. It's a little different. Yeah. TV monitors, iPads. Still in the old-fashioned way. Now, that's, you know. Yeah. Well, human, let me ask human, you a que- they call it, human intelligence. Let me ask you a question, Roger. Every player in every dugout of every, in this year, this coming spring, of every high school, in the summer of every American Legion game, every player's got a cell phone, an iPhone, or the like. Every mom and dad's got one too. Even the dads who are, I don't know, maybe standing out there beyond the outfield fence watching the game. Well, you do have a point. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. We all may right. have to have a no phone rule. <laughs> Everybody must pass through an electronic device detector on your way into the ballpark. Put, put the phones in a Faraday box. Yeah. Hey, Roger, in two minutes, call John Bond. You have his all number. Right. Though. You have his oh, number. Yeah. yeah, I knew yeah, you did. The, I, I QB. Knew you. Yeah. QB and coach. You get get the QB on here. Let me make sure I got him in my new phone. I mean, he may not have made Okay, if not, I'll type it in there for you. Yeah. Um, just let me know. If you don't have it, I'll type it in there for yeah, you. Yeah, go ahead and type it in there for me. Okay. Um, I 
we'll be honest too, I, I reached out to and and still we'll get at some point an opportunity to uh, talk with Hal Mummy. The thing is, Coach Mummy, and the reason is because they all know Mike Leach personally, okay? But obviously, Coach Mummy does because they coached together all those years and coached together at Kentucky and so on and so forth. But Coach uh, Mummy is currently coaching right now as we speak. Like they are having practice for the XFL team out in Dallas that he's going to coach for or is coaching for. So uh, their schedules, I think they're actually on the practice field right now as we speak. Uh, But coming up in just a minute, we're going to talk with John Bond. You know, John came up on yesterday's show. Those of you who are listening, you'll remember that. All right, and so let me give you a heads up. We're going to talk with John. We'll talk about the Astros thing. I got a little take on that. I want you to hear it. And go ahead and bring up Pete Rose if you want. That's fine with me. Things have all of the... I mean, look, one night, one day, the LSU Tigers are on top of the world and they've won the national championship. And then the next day... They didn't fall. It's not like coming down from the mountain. It's just, boy, did things change quick. Not one Joe, but two are see it, gone. And how does that change things for LSU going forward? We'll talk about that as well. And you can be a part of all of it here on the show, as usual, on the text line at 885-ESPN or 885-3776. If you like numbers, it's 885-3776. But yeah, text me, 885-ESPN. That is a 601 number on the text line. Also, call me on the Divinity Equipment phone. It is 995-1059. We're going to get to your phone calls uh, later today. The Divinity Equipment phone, 995-1059. Of course, we got everything streaming on Twitter and on Facebook. Hey to everybody on Facebook. Terry, Matt, Keith, Michael, my mother. <laughs> we got a lot of folks joining in on Facebook. So, hey to y'all here on a Wednesday. It is Wednesday, isn't it? I've sort of lost track this week. Yep. And, and you can tweet me at Radio Wyatt uh, as well. So, we'll get to all of it. But right now, a real treat because on the Divinity Equipment phone, the man, some say myth, some say legend. I say legend, but there's no myth about it. He's a real deal. John Bond. What's up, JB? What's up? Um, what's up, Matt? No, there's a lot of myths. <laughs> there's a lot of myths. Well, you know, we call them rumors in, in you know, like. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. <laughs> in the radio where we call them rumors. Uh, didn't they make a song uh, man, about. I'm glad, I don't know. I'm glad I don't have to remember all that stuff you went through just a minute ago. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. That yeah. gone, man. <laughs> yeah, it's called it's called sponsors, you know. Um Yeah. I, <laughs> I didn't have any. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot easier that that way, wasn't it? Yeah, it is. Just jump right in and get your own. Had to talk a lot more though. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, rumors. They came out with a song about rumors back when you were in college, John. I remember that, yeah. I do. I remember that. It was um Oh, who was it? Was it Fleetwood was it? Mac? Uh, uh, it was yeah. Well, that was the name of the album. Okay, that was the name of the album. But there was a uh, oh yeah, you stumped me, man. We'll have to look it up. And, well, heck, John, yeah. look, let's be honest. It's been a long time ago. Okay, we we, <laughs> we can't remember Raw everything. <laughs> Thank goodness. All right, so was I it the Timex Social Club. 
the Timex Social Club. What the heck is that? Ah, yeah, there you go. That's it. See, that's why I couldn't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell that lie. Speaking of myths, <laughs> I can just picture it right oh. now. John Bond, 1980, you know, uh, fixes his hair, gets dressed, goes, gets in his red Corvette, and cruises around campus, living, listening to rumors from the Timex something other club. I can just picture it right now. <laughs> Wide open. Wide open. Windows down. Got, hey, got the t tops off. That's it. Hey, yep. John. Um, so I let yep. the cat out of the bag a little bit yesterday. I said that before I had seen or heard even a hint of anything linking mm-hmm. Mississippi State to to Mike Leach. I hadn't seen it. I hadn't read it. Nobody had mentioned it to me. Nobody had said it on the air. Not even Jake Wimberly had tweeted about it, which is saying something. <laughs> even before all of that, I got a text from you, and I won't yep. say I won't say what was in the text, but I'll just say it was the first place that I'd seen or heard anything linking Mike Leach to Mississippi State. How'd you know? Well, I just uh, um, I got, you know, Hal and, and uh, Coach Mummy and and uh, Mike are big buddies, mm-hmm. and so uh, Hal kind of asked me. He said, "Man, Mike called and talked to me for an hour, and asked, had all kind of questions about Starkville." I said, "Really? Well, that's exciting." <laughs> so then we, uh, you know, we went on further. Now, how what the order of events, you know, and and sure. uh, how it all played out? I'm not really, you know, I don't know who called or did what, or but all I know is he wanted uh, the job. Mm-hmm. That's what I know. Good. And uh, so, you know, either, uh, you know, I don't know how, if they had been talking to the, his agent or or how that all transpired, but uh, but he wanted to be in Starwell. And that's a great time, too. And, and you know, I think we've said this on your show before, you know, that job there in Starwell has got to go deeper than a paycheck. Even though he's getting a pretty hefty one, mm-hmm. it's got to mean more than just a paycheck. And I think he wants to prove something, and and, uh, and I think it does go a little bit deeper. And, and he's one of those kind of guys I think that's uh, going to fit right in. You know, I mean, yeah, he's a little quirky, but aren't we all? You know, we've <laughs> all got little little things that, uh, um, uh, you know, some people may rub the wrong way or they mm-hmm. don't really like exactly in that. And I can uh, preach on for a while about that. Sure. Well, and you know, I'm looking at him the other day, and you, you talk about fit in. Whether he does or not, I don't know. I just know I liked everything I saw. Where, you know, yeah. he, he prefers to walk. He's in the president's office getting a tour, just wearing blue jeans. You know. Yeah. He yeah. He goes and exactly. gets he goes and gets fitted for a suit because you know what he didn't bring one with him. <laughs> right. Great, and, isn't it? You know, and then it, he talks about discipline, and I love the way he put it. He said, you know. If you want people to go to class, then you have to make uh, missing class very inconvenient. Now, you know, right. he's exactly. so it's exactly. kind of a good mix of laid back and 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 well, different yeah. versus with old school mixed in there as well. Exactly, and uh, you know he's 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 been around a lot. He's been around you know a lot of different coaches, a lot of different styles, and and uh, he knows what it takes. And and like like you said, I mean he's if you got to make the punishment punishment it <laughs> right. can't be it's got to hurt it's got to hurt a little bit and uh you know i always tell people well John, you, didn't, you know there's a lot different back when i played and they always fussed at me about not going to class i said well i passed you know i mean i got off of stuff <laughs> <laughs> said, uh, well you know the coach Ballard, i said i promise you this if coach Ballard would have said john if you don't go to every class this week you will not start on saturday 
guess what? I'd have been on the front row taking notes, asking questions. Mm-hmm. I could probably do that. Right. <laughs> so, because he, he uh, yeah, carried a big stick, so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. John Bond on your radio right now, former Mississippi State quarterback, head football coach, St. Joe's uh, here in the Metro, on your radio right now. So how far – I know you and Coach Mummy go way back. That's well-documented. People who listen to this station certainly know that. Um, how far back do you and Coach Leach go? Well, uh, when he was at Valdosta in 92, I guess. You know, I was back there and uh, got to know that staffer, you know, pretty well, I think. The, uh, the football program there at Valley State, you know, my dad was being a student um, mm-hmm. for a long time, and I was going to say this, too. That was the, the president's office is my dad's old office at, there at Mississippi State. How about so, that? Uh, That's cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we uh, uh, got to know the staff uh, really well. You know, they were always at Valdosta High School and, you know, trying to get kids to come and play for them. So, um, uh, you know, I think they, they had won some ball games before, but I think Hal really came in there and, and Coach Leach came in there and turned it around big yeah. time. They won a bunch of ball games. If you had to try to describe, and I'm not saying, you know, you obviously didn't play for him, but you just kind of being around him and know a little bit about he and Coach Mummy when they coached together. If you had to describe mm-hmm. kind of a, a style of coaching quarterbacks, just based on your observation for Coach Leach, how would you describe it? Uh, he's pretty demanding. I mean, it's um, uh, you've got to be on top of your game. You, he doesn't like mistakes. It's just like Coach Mommy. Coach Mommy was the same exact way. Um, you know, he doesn't like mistakes. He doesn't like turning the ball over. Um, you know, what was the uh, Sparky Woods used to say? Sacks are good for nothing. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. He is really uh, – um, uh, he's pretty tough on quarterback, but mm-hmm. they get better. They get better, and that's uh, that's the difference. Yeah. yeah, and the numbers really do back that up. I was. Oh yeah, no question. John, I just we're we're going to see something whether it works or not this first year. Right. It, we're right. going to see something right. different than we've seen, aren't we? Yeah, I guarantee you we are. And I tell you, and that's kind of what you know. So, well, hey, I, you know, Mississippi State's never been like this ever. So, well, what came first, the chicken or the egg? You never know, mm-hmm. you know. So we got to build it, and and then maybe we'll get some receivers and all that. But we got some. I mean, they're Division One college athletes, right? You know, it's um, uh, you can get them the ball, and and uh, they can get better at catching the ball. You know, we we had some of that issue around here last year by catching the football. So you just got to work on it, work on it, work on it. So right. And uh, you know, I was gonna go say, ahead. I was gonna say, John, it's you know, I think of that analogy like. You know, this guy, you take me like an amateur fisherman, and I can have a $40,000 bass boat, a ranger. I can load it up with $500 worth of rods and reels, all the new stuff. You know, I can, I can learn how to tie the right bait on and all that kind of stuff. But I promise you, Bill Dance could get in my boat and use that stuff better than I can. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> they can sit on the bank. Right. So we may have all the right tools, but unless we're using them the right way, that's that's right, and I think that's something too. I think that's uh, he is uh, um, he's got a great eye for talent, and he's got a uh, and and this is with Coach Mummy too. I mean, they've got uh, they know what kids can and can't do, and they try not to get out of their boundaries of of uh, their ability. And um, you know, and I think you'll see a lot of that with with uh, Coach Leach. It really seems like state fans too have just. 
I mean, he's kind of endeared himself to state fans across the board already, don't you think? There's no doubt. I do. I do. When he got off that plane, it's uh, he was uh, welcomed like none I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, uh, I never in a million years, I, the attitude change and the philosophy change around that university since Drake Byrne has just been uh, incredible, and it's just carrying on, and, and it's uh, fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I and just, you, you said know, it. It's, uh, I can't imagine. It's just I can't wrap my head around it still today. I'm looking here going, okay, State's about to pay their football coach $5 million a year. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what did did Coach Ballard make when you were playing for him? What did Coach Ballard make? You know, I couldn't even tell you. It couldn't have been, you know, three or $400,000. Couldn't have been. Total. You know? know? Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. So we're over there in the Shire Fieldhouse. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of Coach Ballard, um, I haven't yeah. done the research myself, but it seems like somebody mentioned to me, maybe they texted the show, or I, I heard it somewhere, I don't think I dreamed it up, that Mike Leach uh, has, um, has over the years talked about learning from Coach Ballard when he was a young coach. Isn't there a connection there somewhere? There is. There is. I mean, just a lot of the philosophies of the wishbone. Mm. Um, you know, spreading people out a little bit and, and uh, you know, spreading the ball around and, and uh, you know, things like that. That's, uh, you know, that's what people talk about, you know, the rushing records and all this. Well, if you think about it, it's the same thing with the passing game. When we had four, sometimes five running backs carrying the football and the wishbone, you know, so the the yardage is spread out. You're not going to have a big chunk. Mm-hmm. You know, one guy's not going to get a whole bunch. You're going to, you know, there's going to be three or four guys that are going to get a little bit. And at the end of the day, you're going to have a bunch. So uh, that's kind of the same theory with the with the passing game, like this. Yeah. You know, it's uh, a whole bunch of people get the football. Yeah, John, um, if you get a chance, look up Mike Leach on student loans. It's on YouTube. And it was during yeah. one of his press conferences last year. Some of the media got him to talking about student loans. I won't give it all away. It's about ten minutes. <laughs> I rolled through the whole thing, and, and I, but I'll tease it with telling you. At one point, he said, "Student loan collectors are like the same kind of people who aspire to be dog catchers." <laughs> <laughs> That's like the punchline in the whole thing. <laughs> I love it. It's great. He has some analogies. It's gonna be fun, man. Yeah, and, and then he then he imitated him. He said, "He goes, let me see here. Let me let me let me pick up this dog or cat here and break this kid's heart." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's he, fantastic. He's something. So it's good. I tell you what, John. Let's. I, you're going to be busy as heck, and there's probably no way that you could pull away during football. But I wish you and I could go to a Mike Leach press conference together. Oh man, we'll do it and surprise him. And we'll you, do it. Uh, su- yeah. just surprise him and you ask him a question. You know, I would love that. <laughs> hey man, hey. John Bond from the one hundred five nine. Before John go, <laughs> <laughs> say what, Roger? Be- before John gets off of here, uh, we've had a request that he either do his uh, Ballard impression or his Leo Seal Junior <laughs> or both. <laughs> both. Let's go with Ballard. What would, yeah, they're very, yeah, they're very similar. <laughs> oh, are they? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What was running that ball like a rolling ball of butcher blades? <laughs> <laughs> rolling ball of butcher blades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see.
<laughs> oh, he had a ton of them like that. <laughs> That's great. He had a ton. That's great. John, it's great to hear from you. I really appreciate yeah, you man. coming on, man. Thank you. No problem. Anytime. All right. Talk Thanks, to you man. soon. Thanks, Thank Roger. You. <laughs> All right, John. Rolling ball and butcher blades. <laughs> That's great. I take it, Roger, you've heard that impression a bunch over the years. That's John Bond. Y'all follow him on Twitter if you don't. He's at John Bond 1313. Yeah, so connection there. You know, John's a Valdosta, Georgia guy and um, knew them there when Hal Mummy was head coach. And um, They go way back. Therefore, he knows Mike Leach. Knows him personally. Really, he's and again, John, way before anybody else, the first person I heard anything from um, about the possibility of Mike Leach wanting to look into the Mississippi State job. Roger, do we have time for Clay, or do we need? Yeah, to we, get we got a couple of minutes. Okay, great. Divinity Equipment phone line. Clay, what's up? What's up? I was going to tell you, missing. You got to make missing class inconvenient. When my daughters were entering prep. Playing tur- started out tournament ball. There was a girl named Kelly Chandler that went to graduated prep, went to Ole Miss. I think Wendy was the coach from California. So when she arrives on the scene, they have the first incident where a girl misses class, and Wendy brings them in and sets that girl in a chair at home plate, and she hands the team her class schedule, and they literally. Hey, Clay, you're breaking up. Hold on, Clay. Clay, we're missing a couple of important parts because it was breaking up. I want to hear the story. So let's hang up. Call me back. Let's get a different connection, and we'll try it when we come back on the Divinity Equipment phone. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show, decked out in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. I'm on repeat today. The hat on my head, if you're watching on the Facebook or Twitter stream, is a repeat of a few days ago. It's, it's my favorite. It's one of my favorites here. The mesh in the back, the gray in the front with the maroon Mississippi logo or it's the state of Mississippi right there in the middle of the hat. I got this at the Mississippi State Golf Course. You know, University Golf Course right out there, right outside of town. Hale State GC on Twitter. Y'all hit them up. They got hats that you can't find anywhere else. I know that's grammatically incorrect, but you get the point. And that is the point, is that you get the point. <laughs> Coffee in the thermos today. Plenty of it. I made it late because uh, I got here late to the studio today. Coffee in the thermos from High Point Roasters in New Albany. I have no excuse not to have energy. So we're sipping on coffee, decked out in a new hat. It's still straight. I haven't even sweated in it yet. And I got lots of phone calls and texts to get to. Now, we'll do phone calls. How'd you keep it dry yesterday? Well, I wore a different one yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's no way to keep anything dry yesterday. I see how you roll now. Yeah, flip them out. Let the other one dry Back up. Back up, white hat. That's it. That's exactly right. Lots of texts. Uh, True Maroon sent us a joke. On the text line, Roger. Is it safe for radio? It is. I've previewed it here. <laughs> Why doesn't a chicken coop have four doors? Because if it did, uh, then it'd be a chicken sedan. 
Uh, that's really a bad joke, but that's the kind of jokes I like. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. I, I like the bad jokes. That's yeah. my kind of joke. All right, we'll do, uh, we'll do phone calls first, text next. Poet, don't know it, get a rhyme every time. First up, Clay has gotten back on the line. Clay, I think our connection's better now, and I'm curious to hear your story. Go ahead. Okay, so talk about punishment for missing class. Wendy was at Ole Miss. Kelly Chandler played softball prep and then went to Ole Miss. And one of the things that she told us that they had to do was they would uh, – so when Wendy first got there, there was some people missing class. So what she did, she brought that person, our people, I don't remember what it was, and she put them in a chair at home plate. And she gave the team their class schedule. And they had to run to each individual class and back to home plate, and then to the next class and back to home plate, yeah. and then to the next class for the whole week. Is that right? They so had to run to each that, one. <laughs> That's great. After that, there was no more missing class. Mm-hmm. Now, that may have other discipline problems or whatever, but the class thing was put to bed. you got to sit and watch all your teammates run for you and mm-hmm. run back. It's pretty effective. I totally so agree. So when I had my little travel team, when I had my little travel team, we obviously didn't have classes, so we'd get at home plate when we had disciplinary problems or we had uh, too many errors in practice or wasn't focused. I'd bring them to home plate, make them run to the right field wall, back, center field wall, back left field wall back and into each infield position mm-hmm. and it was pretty effective we knew that about three times they called it the w's i don't know if they got that from somebody else or <laughs> or they just made it up i don't mm-hmm. know but anyway the w's. but that was pretty kelly said that was pretty effective with making class kind of what mike says we got to make it uh what was his comment you got to make missing class inconvenient unforgettable yeah, inconvenient. inconvenient. you got to make it more That's- inconvenient than actually going to that's the class. Pretty, <laughs> you can't slap them around anymore. Because yeah. if, if I'm running, I'm going to be mad at everybody. That's it. <laughs> if you're having to run for uh, a team. Hey, hey, and by the way, Mike Leach is still our football coach. Yeah. I'm still excited. <laughs> still going on a few days now. Thanks, Clay. Appreciate the call, buddy. Call me anytime. Looks like Jay in Baltimore. What's up, Jay? Hey, it felt a little like Christmas this morning waking up to a new Dog Pile podcast. Great interview with Coach Lamonis. Great information. Seems clear to me for the dogs to get back to a third straight uh, Omaha appearance. We're probably going to need some freshmen to grow up early. Mm-hmm. You heard the praise that uh, he gave to Logan Tanner on your show. I read elsewhere where he described him as one of the more talented kids to ever show up on campus, which is pretty impressive. So my thought, my question for you today is, Tell me what your thoughts are on the biggest learning curve for these kids going from high school to SEC ball. I think they're pretty comfortable with velocity, but I kind of think that it's the number of pitches that they're going to see, the movement on the ball, um, just the the location of these, uh, yeah, the control that these pitchers have. What are your thoughts on that? You know, there's so much there, Jay. What you see a lot of times, you you tell me, we've seen this a lot, haven't we? Highly thought of prospects, big time talents who, yes, they're destined for big careers, but as freshmen, a lot of times they'll look great in their first, let's just say, what, eight to 10 to 12 at bats. But as these teams and the, and the games get more serious, and they get a few more beyond that. These college coaches and these college players with these kind of a scouting report on how to pitch a guy and the way is you know where's the hole in his swing, because at a place like State, Jay, 
all your games are basically televised on the SEC Plus or SEC Network, every single one of them. So any team you're playing, and it could be some senior out here who's a fifth-year senior at, I don't know, let's just pick an example, at Quinnipiac, who you're going to play in early March. And this kid's now what? not just read about all your at-bats, he's watched all of them. And so you start to see those freshmen at-bats struggle a little more the deeper the scouting report gets. And then the other thing, too, I think is the – you know, they play so much baseball growing up, obviously. I mean, they're 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 playing tons of games and, and travel ball and I and, and high school and everything else, but I still think the the midweek to weekend to midweek to weekend grind of an SEC type schedule once you get into um you know, March and April starts to jump on their back a little bit sometimes, you know. So hey, but I look, everybody listening, if you're listening right now, I wonder what he mentioned. Uh, the Dogpile podcast is back. Episode, well, the first episode of 2020 posted this morning, last night, this morning. It's beginning with a an interview of um, Chris Lamonis. You can find that wherever you find podcasts. It's also linked on my website, mattwyattmedia.com, and there's a link on my Twitter feed, at Radio Wyatt. If you need help finding it, just text me or whatever. Uh, text the show, tweet me, and I'll send you a link. But, at, Jay, as you said, uh, he he was really glowing of this freshman catcher Logan Tanner. Said he's hitting balls off the, um, you know the batter's eye out there in center field, and he's got this big arm. They said the first time they put him on the mound, he threw one ninety seven. That's right. Yeah, yeah, we feel really comfortable with Luke Hancock behind the plate, but uh, mm-hmm. hopefully we can bring this kid on slow and uh, he'll contribute this year. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, thank you, Jay. We're looking also to see what, uh, you know, again. Huge upside, Eric Sarantola, uh, potentially competing for weekend. You know, again, ran into strike zone stuff last year, but this is a big six-five guy, former hockey player from Canada, who can bring it. Huge upside. Let's see how he develops. Michael in Starkville, what's up, Michael? What's up, Matt? Yeah, hey, uh, three things right off hand, man. First of all, I do expect to be back in Omaha. It's going to be going to be three straight, and then we're going that the 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 Lamonis train or shoot I shouldn't say train excuse me um <laughs> uh, going to be rolling though baby <laughs> and then <laughs> um and then second of all yes Jackie Sherrill did win a national championship he coached Dan Marino at Pittsburgh they had their only national championship that he won and then when you said blame it on Texas that made me think of the country song by Mark Chestnut blame it on Texas that's <laughs> a good one don't blame it on <laughs> hey sing it sing it oh, Michael yeah. I'm on here I tell you hey. what Roger, we got a singer on our hands. Did you hear Tell him? You, man. Got, got that twang <laughs> going. He got a little twang in there also. Hey, uh, hey, Matt, like, I was going to say, when you played that, you know, when you played that song yesterday with Charlie Pride, man, he, that, that is just one guy. Like, when I, when I listen to that song, yep. oh, it just brought chills to, to me, like, in my heart, like, just. We all you know, need to be proud of uh, Charlie Pride. He, He's Absolutely. not. He's in, in the country music world. He's not underrated, but I think in, in modern times he's a little underrated. He was incredible, Michael. We got a split, man. Thanks for the call. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And Roger has dipped into the archives and found it. Rumors. <laughs> I love it. Stick around.
Back on the show, big news over the last 24 hours or so um, when everybody learned that Joe Brady, the all-star, all-world, young passing game coordinator for the LSU Tigers, fresh off claiming a 15-0 season and a national championship ring, bling, bling. He didn't even hardly get a chance to get size for his ring before he had already moved on back to the NFL where he came from. With the, this time with the, uh, well, reported with the uh, Carolina Panthers up in Charlotte under new coach Matt Rule. So what does that mean? So right after winning the national title, it means LSU fans are looking into the future uh, without Joe Burrow and without Joe Brady. And the reason is, if you're Joe Brady, you're 30 years old. You go to college football, and you garner the reputation for that passing game that you did over the course of really only about nine months. And in your passing game at that school, in the first nine months, you've got a Heisman winner, a national championship, and a reputation as the most miraculous passing game turnaround maybe in the history of college football. Where are you going to go from there? If he'd stayed at LSU, what's next? There's nowhere to go but down. So the man jumped right on back to the NFL, cash in on that reputation, and I think his agents probably gave him good advice if he's looking at it for a coach who's his age, frankly. All right, here we go. Over to the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone. DJ, what's up, DJ? Thanks for hanging on. Well, I want to call and talk about John and Coach Blard, but before I do, you know, I've talked to an LSU fan about losing John, I mean, Joe Brady. And, you know, being a quarterback, football's a copycat sport. Mm-hmm. Everything that Joe Brady brought to LSU will still be at LSU. You know, I've studied coaches. My dad was a coach. You know, it's a copycat. So whatever Joe Brady brought to LSU, LSU's still going to have. Now, replacing Joe Burroughs, that's a different animal. But the reason I call, Emory, people don't give Emory – Coach Blard enough credit for the innovator that he was, and I know you're a little bit younger than me, but Coach Bryant was struggling in the late 60s. You know, Bama's program had taken a little bit of a turn for the worst, and Emory Blard uh, met with Coach Bryant and and really, I'm not going to say saved Coach Bryant's career because he never won another national championship, but if you remember Coach Blard and the wishbone Turn Bama back around because people don't realize Coach Bryant in the late 60s, Bama had become a very average program. Hmm. And uh, a lot of people don't realize how much Ballard and the Wishbone did for uh, Coach Bryant at Alabama. And the other thing I'm going to ask you, have you ever met a guy that didn't like John Bond? No, never have. He, he is just such a personal guy. And, mm-hmm. and when, you, when you're with him, you know, he's just, a, he's just the greatest guy. And the last thing will hang up. How many beers you reckon he's had bought off of that 6-3 win in uh, Jackson from 1980? Uh, and I hang up listen. Thanks, man. Well, and look, I mean, it's got – it's the most iconic game uh, for Mississippi State's program in the recent – in the modern era. This side of folding your helmet up and putting it in your back pocket on your way home, this side of that era, it's the most iconic win. What about and, the uh... – Loss. What you mean? Was there an iconic? What about was that the the immaculate deflection? Oh or yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Where the wind blew the ball back through the goalpost. Yeah, uh, that's a. Hey, and we need to come back to that topic, don't we? Like save that for a day in June. 
Yeah. What's the most iconic win and the most iconic loss in a program's history? That's a really neat conversation. Hey, look over here on the text line. Let me catch you all up. Thanks for texting the show at 885-ESPN. If you need the numbers, it's 885-3776. But you pay attention there. There's letters on your numbers on your phone. Also, 601-885-ESPN. That is the text line. Matt says, Matt, was Alex Cora let go from Boston because the Red Sox, uh, let's see, something about his affiliation with that cheating Houston team. Alex Cora was an assistant coach or whatever on that uh, Houston team in 2017. And so, yeah, he's going to get popped. And what? Um, haven't they already fired him? They're just go- if, if they haven't, then in all the conversation across Major League Baseball, it's just basically a foregone conclusion that they're going to fire him. Mad male person says sarcastically on the text line, I heard that John Bond was a shady guy. <laughs> Fluffy says, Mummy and Leech's relationship speaks volumes for the goods they will do Mississippi recruiting. Expound on that for me, Fluffy. I know that text is from a while back, but if you're listening, expound on that. I'd love to know what you're really thinking there or you're thinking behind it. Bill says, now this was a question earlier. We're going to start off hour two with this subject. Bill said, I've never stolen signals as a kid playing or coaching my son when he was little. However, it happens and we know it and we coach and we prepare for it. Just don't be obvious about it like the youth travel baseball parent we played against who yelled the pitches out to his son's team. I mean, seriously, how stupid do you have to be? He's going to yell it out? Bill, I would love for you to respond and tell me what y'all did about that. What did you do about the parent who was yelling out the pitches after stealing the signals? Nick says it's an easy fix on the Astros thing. Pitchers just go to the indicator every batter and problem solved. Change it up each at bat and other team and the other team can't catch on. Yeah, there's going to be other ways to do it. No question about it. There'll be other ways to signal and teams will change that stuff up. They'll put different ways to do their signals where it's harder for them to, you know, catch on what the signals are, but teams can figure that stuff out. If you if they have enough time to figure it out. So the thing to do is to give the calling, figure out a way in your signals to give the calling of the pitch. You know, you already have the nod versus the shake it off thing for the pitcher, and there's a way to use that to kind of keep them on their toes so they can't read it. We can talk through all that. Hey, look over here. Text, I'm sorry, on the uh, Divinity Equipment phone, Rebel Red and Blue hanging on. What's up, RRB? Hey, Roger, if he's talking, I can't hear him. He's on. Yeah, I can't hear him. He may have his phone muted. Rebel Red and Blue, try calling us back. We can't hear you, buddy. Appreciate the phone call, though. Uh, Back over to the text line real quick. Gator Nation says, Matt, I'm sending this to everybody, but you are the 105.9 smart one. Coach O was there. The offensive coordinator was there. The defensive coordinator was there. Burrow was there last year. LSU was average. Brady gets there, and they win a championship. Brady's with Carolina now. LSU, hope you enjoyed your 15 minutes of fame. Now you can talk about the 2021 National Champions Gators. Did Gator Nation just predict a national championship for the Florida Gators? 
in 2021. It's in text, plain old black and white, right in front of me on the screen, Gator Nation. You are on record. All right, let's see. Let's try Rebel Red and Blue again on the phone line. What's up? Technical difficulties. Yeah, but I got you Um, now. What's up? The last caller, I disagree with a lot he said. I understand in a a way that it's a copycat sport, but it's really not because, first of all, not every day do you have a Heisman quarterback playing for your team. Exactly. I mean, that in itself, the way he played, is is a big loss for that team. Well, and look at it this way, Rebel Red and Blue. What are the the chances of a quarterback next year – if Joe Brady had stayed, what are the chances next year at LSU a quarterback replicating what Joe Burrow just did? The chances are almost well, that's less what than I'm, zero. It's, it's it's the very it's it's he can make quarterbacks better, but it doesn't mean they're going to be as good as Burrow. Look, if it was a copycat sport, Ole Miss would have more national titles because they would have more Johnny Vault. Someone would have come in behind Johnny Vault and just kept winning. Mm. Do you think if if it's a copycat sport? Do you think when Nick Saban leaves Alabama that the next guy to step in can say, oh, I'll just do what Saban did, and I'm going to win seven-plus national titles? Well, and let me tell you, let me it's ask you another scenario. Sport. Everybody has their own individual talent, and they fit different places. But, no, they're going to take – it's going to take a step back. Now, how big that step is, it may be yeah. one game. It may be four losses. Hey, think but about this. If it were a copycat sport, the they were this year. if it were a copycat sport entirely, then why would coaches ever go speak at coaching clinics about how they do things? Well, exactly. Everybody has their own way that they want to do things. But you know, and everybody when, has different look, players. How many times? How many times have we seen, like when Nick Saban's at Alabama and everything that he has done, and he's done a lot. But when the next coach comes in, he always has an ego, and he's going to think he can do something better than Saban. Yeah. And, it, and it usually either works or it backfires. Good call, Rebel Red and Blue. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Thanks for hanging on. Um, let me give you an example. Hal Mummy has to be maybe the most YouTubed coach in terms of a coaching clinic coach that you can find. If you just kind of Google how mummy coaching clinic or how mummy the mesh concept or how mummy is just a million videos of how mummy. And in one of those I was watching, he was kind of going through the history of their, this a particular type of tunnel screen that they've run over the years, over the course of years and years and decades at all these different coaching stops. But what was interesting to me is how they've had to tweak it and adjust it and tweak it and adjust it, how they line up, how they run it over the years, because he kept saying, and then they figured it out. And so we do this, this, and we we had this, and we won this many games. And then they figured that out. And he's saying that these defensive coaches, eventually they figure out how to stop it. They work on it, and you have to do it differently. So things do change. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.